to Toronto today on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara, Steve Eliopoulos, spinning the tune. Some Bruno Mars off the top. Love it. Sean Lavery in producing. Deadline day, folks. MLB non-waiver trade deadline. You can do waivers and, and other deadlines in August, but this is the real one. Any deals of any significance are happening today by 4 p.m. What are the Jays going to do? They're going to do anything. Buyers, sellers, minor deals, underwhelming. How about the rest of the division? Heard just there from Tim Haffey in the Sports Center update booth. Red Sox look like they're they're dealing. Picking picking up Addison Reed, a reliever. Looks like some depth there for prospects from the Mets. Uh, the big names to watch for: You Darvish of the Rangers, Sonny Gray of the Oakland A's. And we'll be keeping track of that with you all the way to 1 o'clock. Then Mike Hogan will take over and uh, have you right up until the deadline. So lots going on, lots of moving parts. So we have to balance and juggle between rumors, facts, what's, what's happening with uh, health and, and all that. Had from Bob Nightingale on Twitter. Says the Rangers are confident that you Darvish will be traded by end of day in active talks now with Dodgers, Astros, Yankees, and the Cleveland Indians. So what's going to be fascinating to me is when those pieces fall. Once Gray and Darvish, if they go, the teams in those sweepstakes that lost out, does anyone panic? Does anyone look to overpay for maybe somebody like a Marco Estrada with the Blue Jays? Right? Is that, if you, if you can think, all right, Marco Estrada, nice start last time out, great season a year ago, up and down this year. Is he someone as depth for the back end that you want on your team? What about Francisco Lariano? I would say on a contender, probably more of a bullpen guy. But those are two names to watch for for the Blue Jays, of course. If we're talking possible blockbusters, Josh Donaldson on the table. Sanchez, Osuna, Bautista. Like, we really don't know. And I don't know if we'll have the full picture. This offseason for sure we'll know. But today, will we get any sort of inkling or idea of where this front office of Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro are taking this team into the future. Are we rebuilding, retooling? Because I, I just don't see how with this team you can really get too much back because the prospects just aren't there. And if you get rid of, a, of Vladdy Guerrero Jr., for example, well, then you're sacrificing your future again. So what can the Blue Jays really do here? And that's what we're going to track. Our TSN 1050 poll question on Twitter. We asked Blue Jays fans, if Toronto made no deals today, none, what would your reaction be? At TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81 on Twitter. So no deals. They kick their feet up. Shapiro and Atkins do nothing. What would your reaction be? Would you be disappointed, happy, not surprised, or confused. You can also give us a call 416-870-1050 416-870-1050 toll free 1-855-591-6876 855-591-6876 to talk Jays MLB trade deadline. What do you want the Jays to do? What do you want them to do? Not, not necessarily what you think they'll do. What would you like as a Blue Jays fan? Let's bring in producer Sean Lavery here. Sean, let's get an update on the poll question here on if the uh, Jays made no deals today what would your reaction be? How's it look? Uh, so with 128 votes, the leader is not surprised at 43%. Mm. Uh, followed closely behind by disappointed at 42%. 13% of fans are confused, and then 2% would be happy. 
That's close between not surprised and disappointed. Hmm. I'd come out. I, I, I would put myself as, I guess, as, as disappointed if nothing is done. And I don't, I, and I, I think there's going to be more on the minor move side. Like I could see bullpen depth, you know, B level prospects in return, that type of thing. I'm not feeling a either sell off and definitely even less likely buying because you're not making the playoffs this year. So why would you go all in, right? Doesn't make any sense. So those are the questions on Twitter at TSN1050 Radio at AndyMC81. And uh, phone numbers again, 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050, toll-free 855-591-6876, talking Blue Jays at 1130. We're going to swing around the NFL training camp. John Crick from Post Media, NFL columnist, one of my favorites. He's been to Patriots, Bills, Colts, and Browns camp. So we're going to get an update from him. We'll talk to Israel Fair, Toronto Blue Jays reporter from The Athletic Toronto at noon. We'll have Sound Wars a little bit later on. And keep you up to date on all the mayhem that is sure to develop for MLB trade deadline day. Let's go to Vaughn in Mississauga. Vaughn, what are you feeling with the Jays today? Um, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if um, they're act, if they actually do not make any moves. It just wouldn't make sense for them to make any moves right now. Anyway, they're not playing well. Uh, not just that, I don't understand why people would want to, I guess, again, remortgage the future. For a mid-tier, or we wouldn't even get top-tier prospects. No, no, you're 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 totally right, Vaughn. Like, there's no if because here's the thing: for what you would get top talent back from, you'd have to give it away from the active roster. You could get, I'm sure, a haul for Josh Donaldson, but that means you're not contending right now because you would need Josh Donaldson to contend, right? Like, I understand like what the people wanted. Like, they want that that experience of going to the playoffs, but it's not. You have to put it in into perspective in the long term. Is that actually truly what we require right now? Well, it's, it's, it's just asinine. Like last year, I really felt that they were going to blow it up. Mm-hmm. I, thought they, I thought they had the free light to blow it up. And then they kind of just went in the, in the middle this year. I, I felt that the... And Vaughn, thank you very much for the call. I felt the thank Jays, you, the Jays uh, front office, I, I felt they, they punted this offseason. That's, that's how I feel... They, they reacted because you had two years to the playoffs. You had a fan base still hungry. You're selling out. We got a taste. I got a, I, they sucked, or at least were middling, for 20 years, two decades worth of average baseball where you didn't really need to pay attention. The Jays for 20 years were a good Sunday afternoon nap viewing where, all right, hey, you're doing something in the background. You're laying, you, have, you have the Jays game on in the background. Because they, they weren't important. Then they became relevant in a big way. Now I want more. And they're sitting at 49 and 56. Seven games out of the final wildcard spot. They have to jump. Let's do a little counting together here. Rangers, Baltimore, Angels, Twins, Mariners, Tampa Bay, Kansas City. Those are all the teams you have to go over to get the second wildcard spot. Don't think that's happening. So, to Vaughn's point... Of yeah, the Jays aren't in a position to to deal because of how the teams performed. I agree, but also they don't they don't have anything to give away to get anything to even go on what would would have to be looked at as a historic run. You're forty nine and fifty six on the last day of July. You need a ten game winning streak to then set yourself up 
for another five, six, seven game winning streak to be relevant. It's just not going to happen. So I think we can take off the table going for it. Right? They, they, they just can't. You give away anything of, of note from the roster, you're, you're then not going for it. But are the Blue Jays going to try to be just good enough to hang around the second wild card spot next year to try to tippy toe on that line of retooling, but giving the fan base enough to be kind of excited about to contend? Because to me, that's where you get into trouble. That's where you get into that middling ground. Jays finished third for how many years in the AL East? Didn't get anywhere. So, are you going to be a kind of floating to, to not upset the fan base too much? I don't, unless you just go hog wild in the offseason with free agents and ownership has never shown that they're just going to go, and, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, go nuts with bringing in free agents. Because if you want to rebuild now, quickly, on the fly for next year, you got to go, let's draw a little baseball diamond here. Let's, let's see where, where the Jays have to address things. All right. Left field. Steve Pierce, hey, thanks for the two grand slams in a week. That's cool. Not an everyday guy. We knew that this, this offseason. That's why I say they punted. Because you made the playoffs the last two years. You needed to get more athletic. You didn't make moves to overtake the Indians to get to the World Series. That's where your benchmark was. You got Morales. You got Pierce. Was the other arm JP Howell? There was fifty miles an hour. Great, thanks. They did nothing to take the next set. Nothing. So this offseason, really, you need left field. Kevin Pillar, you can still keep men, even though he's he's descending. Jose Bautista should not be an everyday right fielder. Love the history. Thanks for what you've done, Jose. At best, you should be DH, maybe first base. But the JGC have too many of those guys. Morales, Smoke, Bautista, even Pierce to a certain degree. You have too many DH first base guys who you don't really want in the field. There's Bautista. All right, you keep Smoke first base, cool. Russ Martin, he's expensive. Serviceable, you're probably going to have to keep him. Third base, Donaldson, done. Second base, all right, well, Devin Travis can't stay healthy. You fine with Ryan Goins? Nice utility piece. He's not a championship caliber second baseman. Shortstop, Troy Tulowitzki, ligament damage. He hasn't had a, he hasn't been great since he's come to Toronto. Power numbers last year, yes. But when he was acquired, the idea was, and I know he played in Colorado and hitter friendly ballpark and all that. 300 hitter, 20 plus homers. That's what you were expecting to get. We've never had that. And I feel like we've been making excuses since the day Troy Tulowitzki got here. Oh, he's not comfortable yet. He's not comfortable. Oh, well, now he's, he's overcoming an injury. Now it's another injury. And that massive contract. So you got a question mark, left field, right field, shortstop, second base. How are you going to fix that? Where are you going to go? Your prospects, the good ones, and prospects in baseball, well, if you're an A-ball right now, who knows? You might hit a wall. Could, you're so far away. The prospect, it's such so hit and miss. So help is not coming in 2018 from the minors. So are you going to go out, spend, get paid top dollar for left fielder, right fielder, second base, and shortstop? Maybe you could float a little bit with second with left field if you filled the rest. Are you going to spend that much money? I don't think so. 
And that's not how Mark Shapiro runs a team. That's what people forget. When he came here, it was just before Alex Anthopoulos made those deals to make the Jays relevant, competitive, and two years into the playoffs. Shapiro was brought in to do what he did with the Cleveland Indians. Small ball, on a budget, get more athletic, prospects. That's his M.O. Now, he had to do that in Cleveland because it's a smaller market team. Here, it should not be a small market. So we don't know where the, the mindset of ownership is after this season. But for Shapiro, he's not about going out and spending big dollars. So I don't see help coming in 2018 that way. And, and that, again, that's not necessarily a bad thing in the sense that, all right, well, you buy all these old aging free agents. Well, maybe you're in the same spot you are this year next season. But for a quick fix, that, that's the only real way you can do it. So from trading assets, well, if you go, I, I like to use SpotTrack.com for uh, contract stuff for, for baseball and football. It's a great site. You have Marco Estrada, Francisco Liriano, Joe Smith. Those seem to be the top, the top pitching names. Uh, then Jose, of course, but he has a no trade clause, has that 10 and 5. And what are you really going to get for Jose? Like, for any of these guys, you're not going to get top level talent back. You're just not. As in top level as far as, okay, if we traded Estrada, we would get back something that could help in a turnaround this season or next year. No. He's 34 years old, having a below average year. So what are you going to get? Phone numbers, 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free, 855-591-6876. 855-591-6876. On Twitter, at TSN1050Radio. Myself, at AndyMC81. Our poll question, if Toronto made no deals today, what would your reaction be? Disappointed, happy, not surprised, or confused? John Crick at 1130 from Post Media NFL Calmness. We'll chat about NFL training camps, and we'll keep an eye all day. Israel Fair Blue Jays from the Athletic Toronto at 12. And we'll keep an eye on all the, the potential deals. Just scrolling through here, we have from Ken Rosenthal. Okay, nothing, nothing new. Just seems like, uh, all right, we have from Bob Nightingale on Twitter, at B Nightingale. He says, deals involving you, Darvish, and Sonny Gray not expected to materialize until the final hour of the deadline. So maybe a bit of a game of chicken. And see, that's, that could also come into play. All right, if Oakland and Texas are trying to be cute, hold on and wait for you know, people to, to panic at the end of the deadline. Well, they, only two teams can get those guys. So are other clubs going to say, well, you know what? I don't think we're going to be in, in play. Or I'm a little concerned about getting those guys. And if you wait and you don't get them, then you're hosed. So do you then... Start looking at different options. Maybe an Irvin Santana. Or, again, a Marco Estrada for the Blue Jays. I'm from John Morosi. With Verlander's no trade protection, Tigers would need to have deal completed well in advance of 4 p.m. Uh, trade deadline. Time is running short. And uh, Morosi also says that the Tigers not engaged in active trade talks on Justin Verlander at the moment. Barring a turn of events, he will stay in Detroit. So for starting pitching help, where you want that depth, the options are slim. So nothing right now. Now on the MLB uh, trade deadline preview show I did yesterday here on TSN 1050, I had a great conversation with uh, MLB national writer on Bleach Report, Seth Gruen. And we, we talked, Jays, we'll get to that part of the conversation later on, but went over uh, the uh, Darvish, Gray, and some of the other options 
from around Major League Baseball, but what could happen today? So here's that. At this point, I don't think that they can do it. I mean, they have to, I mean, by the deadline here. They, yeah. It's depending on the offseason. They may try to move him in the offseason. Maybe, you know, you, you look at exchanging his contract with Justin Verlander. If Justin Verlander doesn't get traded at the deadline here, that's a possibility. Hmm. You know, there's, there's certain ways that you can maneuver one contract for another contract. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not pretty. His, his press conference, he, you know, it didn't go well. He finally uh, met with the media yesterday. And, you know, basically he didn't really show too much remorse for what he did to X. He just, you know, basically said X doesn't show up in the clubhouse. I want, you know, if, if he's going to say that kind of stuff, I want him to show his face and stuff like that. And so it's, it's just, he doesn't really get it. He just wants to be liked, I think, and, and he doesn't get it in that way. Wow. Uh, in conversation but with Christopher players, Smith. The, the players that succeed here in Boston are the players that really don't care if they're liked or not. And, you know, and, and, and they don't read what's going on. You know, Drew Pomeranz, for example, we, you know, we've written a ton of stuff on him over the first year with that, with that trade that was criticized and everything. And he's the type of personality that just doesn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't read it. He doesn't care. I've talked to him about that. I've said, I've already written stuff that you should go to the bullpen. And he goes, yeah, I don't, I don't care, you know? <laughs> so that's the David Price that needs to happen. And obviously I don't think so now because Pomerantz is pitching well. But, you know, when, when, he was, when he was pitching poorly, I said that to him. And so, you know, that's, that's what David Price needs to be. But, he, you know, he, he always had acceptance everywhere he was. And, and uh, he's just not getting it here in Boston. That was Seth Gruen from the Bleacher Report. And we're looking at the rumor mill here around MLB. Trade deadline coming up at 4 p.m. Lance Lynn could be another name. All all big arms. All arms seem to be there, right? That's that's what we're looking at. Uh, Lance Lynn, 8-6, 3.21 ERA. Again, a nice season a year ago. You had uh, Yemi Garcia, who's been traded twice. He was, he was traded to, uh, from Atlanta to the Twins seven days ago. Made one start for the Twins. And then got traded to the Yankees. So the Twins, were, they were one of those bubble teams, right? They were right on the bubble. Thinking, all right, maybe we can contend. They had a bad week. Now they're 50 and 53. So, all right, Garcia, get out of here. And went to the Yankees. So the Yankees, who by multiple reports are in talks for Sonny Gray... They could be using that as leverage. Hey, you know what? We don't, we don't need Gray as badly as we did. Because we have Garcia as some depth. So maybe they're trying to bring down the price for Sonny Gray, but if you have other teams involved, like here, that's what gets tricky, right? It's all a big whirlwind, uh, and it's a game, of, a game of chicken. So you had now the Boston Red Sox, like what they did. They added Addison Reed. So... A lot more bullpen depth there. You have Craig Kimbrell in there also. Uh, the, the Red Sox are, they're loading up. Now you got the David Price nonsense, right? Conspiracy theories. And, you know, is his elbow really inflamed? Is he, 
want to be here? Do the teams want him to be here? Seems like he doesn't. The big contract. So the Red Sox, for a team that is has been going back and forth between first place and the top wildcard spot, a lot of drama. Whereas the Yankees have quietly plugged along. No, no drama in New York. You have Aaron Judge, who's an absolute freak show. Snapped, what was it, Joe DiMaggio's rookie Yankee home run record that stood from, like, the 30s. And they need, really for the Yankees, if they can get some more pitching depth, if they can get one more, one more arm. Like, if they get Sonny Gray, you have Gray Garcia added to that lineup, it's going to be tough to bet against the Yankees. It's going to be tough betting against the Yankees. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on what the Jays do. What the rest of the league do, the you uh, Darvish, Sonny Gray, top name Zach Britton, and maybe his stock goes up even more now with Addison Reed being dealt to the Red Sox. Like it's, it all starts to be reactionary. So uh, we're going to get to John Crick in a few minutes as well around NFL training camps. He uh, was visiting with the Patriots, Bills, Colts, and Brown. Israel Fair, Toronto Blue Jays reporter, at 12. And really now, with the Blue Jays, we have to start thinking, all right, what, if anything, is going to be done now? What needs to be done in the offseason? And what's this team going to look like? And what does that mean for attendance? If you're a Jays fan, and they say, hey, you know what? Next year, not going to be too good. 2019, though. Well, if I'm a fan, when I just say, well, you know what? My, My season tickets, then are going to lapse, and I'll see you in 2019-2020 when things get good. How much does that come into play? And really, does that matter? Like, can you, can you pander to fans? Does that even make sense? Right? What's the old saying? If you listen to the fans, you become one? I, it's, it's a, it is a tricky spot for the Blue Jays. Other deals of note from uh, yesterday... And the Cubs acquiring relief pitcher Justin Wilson from the Tigers, who took over their closing duties. So the Cubs beef up. Uh, Rockies got Jonathan Lucroy from the Rangers for a player to be named later. A couple years ago, Lucroy was dealing. And Melky Cabrera yesterday afternoon went from the White Sox to the Royals. Royals are interesting to me. Tough start to the year. Now they have the second wild card spot by two and a half games over the Tampa Bay Rays. Three and a half Seattle Mariners are back. And for Kansas City, they're two games behind Cleveland for top spot in the Central. So they're clearly in striking distance. And for Cleveland, up and down season, they just got, I think it was a nine-game winning streak snapped. And someone's going to have to go up against those Houston Astros. Boy, that's going to be tough. 68 wins. 68 wins. Nine wins more than any other team in the American League for the Houston Astros. And look at the Cubbies getting some reliever depth. Okay, you got the Milwaukee Brewers knocking on their door. Are they going to be doing anything? They could catch the Cubs in the Central. Washington and the Dodgers. The Dodgers, 74 and 31. Outstanding. Diamondbacks having a great season, 16 and 45. You have the Rockies right there. I just keep thinking of the Rockies as perennial losers, but not this year. So they're in a wild card chase. 
So it's uh, it's gonna be gonna be a fun afternoon. Uh, take you all the way up till I'll take you up to one o'clock. Then Mike Hogan takes over, take you to four o'clock, and then overdrive. So full coverage the rest of the day into the MLB trade deadline of what is going to happen. We'll open up the phone lines a little bit later on too. Get your thoughts on the Jays, what you want them to do. And our Twitter poll question: If Toronto made no deals today, what would your reaction be? No deals. Would you be disappointed? Would you be happy? Would you be not surprised? Or confused. Leading the way, not surprised at 46%. Second place, 39% disappointed, 13% confused, and only 2% happy. So we'll step aside and come back, talk some NFL. Little break from baseball. Of course, if anything happens, we'll, we'll jump right back in. But John Crick, Post Media NFL comms, one of the brightest NFL minds. Love talking to John Crick. He's been covering. Patriots, Bills, Colts, and Browns camp. So we'll dive into him, see what's going on around the NFL. A lot more coming up on this MLB trade deadline day. This is Toronto Today. It is MLB non-waiver trade deadline day, 4 p.m. Full coverage all day long here on TSN 1050. This is Toronto Today. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1 o'clock. Get back to some Jays talk at noon with Israel Fair, reporter of the Athletic Toronto, covers the team. Keep you abreast of all the rumors and names possibly flying around the major leagues. But also going on, NFL training camp season almost here. And one of my favorite guys to chat NFL with, John Crick from Post Media, on the line now. Now, he's been covering Patriots, Bills, Colts, and Browns camp. He's going to continue the circuit. We'll start with those four. John, great to have you on, man. How are you? Hey, not too bad. Just pulling off the highway to Bourbon A, Illinois, for the Bears camp. Oh. Which starts, uh, starts in about an hour at Olivet Nazarene University. I'm sure you're, we're all familiar with that one. Oh, of course. Yes, yes. Great uh, great little spot in Illinois. Yeah, no. No, never heard of it. Never heard of it. But <laughs> it'll be, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be um, following along with you on, on Twitter, John, and, and all that, because I want to see the comparison between Glennon and Trubisky. That's going to be, I think, an interesting uh Maybe not a, a battle, because Trubisky probably would want to be sitting for the first little bit if they had their due, but we'll, we'll keep track of that. Um, yeah. for, the, for the Patriots, let's start there. The question each year becomes, is this the year Tom Brady slows down? And, and, and John, I, you know what? For most humans, you'd say yes. For Tom Brady, I don't know. You were, at, at, you were there covering it. What did you see? Yeah, he turns uh, 40 years old, I think, in two days. Wow. Um, yeah, he was... Uh, he, will, he looked as good as ever, I have to say it. And he, and he looked as lean as ever. I mean, he looked like he's got like a 25-year-old body. I mean, that was true at Super Bowl, too. But he's just, you know, I followed this guy. You know, as you know, I follow Michigan pretty closely. And so I remember, well, you know, what he looked like and, uh, and his physique and everything when he was at Michigan in the late 90s. And he, as he said, he actually told me at the, uh, at the Super Bowl when I asked him about, you know, which Tom Brady is, uh, uh, is in better shape and could run a better combine and all the different – uh, at all the different events. Uh, today's Tom Brady or the one from Michigan goes, oh, I'd kick my ass right now. From uh, <laughs> i kick my college kid ass. So he is. He's in really good shape, and his throws were, you know what, we, we all underestimate. We talk about, you know, his tenacity and, and all those uh, intangibles, if you will. But the guy still has one of the snappiest, sharpest releases of anybody uh, that's played the NFL in modern times. He really does have a great fast release. And when you add to that how quickly he can make the decision 
and know exactly where the right place is to throw it. You put those two together, and that's why he's won all these Super Bowls. Well, and the continuity, right? Like, people underestimate that, I think, John. He knows, Bill Belichick knows, they know exactly how things work every single day. It is habit. It is, with the briefcase, going to work. It's business. So, I think that's another big part of it. Now, you're adding Brandon Cooks, and what's what's so interesting and, and, and frustrating at times is, each Sunday, you don't know which receiver is going to show up, ball out. They can make no names into stars and, and sometimes stars into everyday guys. What are you expecting out of Brandon Cooks? Well, I mean, that's that's probably the most exciting thing if you're a Patriots fan is the addition of this speedster from New Orleans. And they hated to give him up, but they got a first-round draft pick for him. Yeah. There aren't too many receivers in the league outside of the, the true superstars that would that would warrant uh, a first-round draft pick. And so he's going to spread defenses. He's going to give something that that offense maybe hasn't had a true deep threat, uh, maybe going back as far as Randy Moss. He's not that tall. He's not, he doesn't play like that. But this kid is, is uh, if he can play like he showed at with uh, Drew Brees throwing him passes, uh, it could really be something. And don't forget that they've got Dwayne Allen, too, who is, I know he's been injured a lot when he was with Indianapolis. But uh, if he's healthy... He, and it looks like though Gronk is healthy, my goodness, they could have two uh, tight ends at least as good as last year's uh, duo, uh, Martellus Bennett and Gronk. Well, yeah, you can just pop him into that Martellus Bennett spot, and, and as you said, if he stays healthy. Uh, in conversation with John Crick, covers the NFL for Post Media on Twitter, at John Crick. So that's Patriots camp. Let's go further into the, uh, the division. The Buffalo Bills, new coaching staff, same quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. Defense seems to be getting healthier. We know... Barring disaster, no one's challenging the Patriots. But I think, John, there is a real shot for some regression from the Dolphins. And if the Bills can can get to that 9-7 and seven point, might be able to contend for a wild card spot. What were your some of your takeaways from Bills camp? Well, I think that might be going a little too far. They, <laughs> they, they have really turned their roster over big time. Yeah. Uh, and, and probably, you know, necessary. <laughs> Let's face it, they, uh, you know, last year could not probably have ended in more disastrous fashion uh, with, you know, players just not buying into what Rex was trying to teach them on defense. It was, it was, um, it was a mess. Um, and so they've got a new no-nonsense coach, a GM who um, is young, neither has had their positions before, Brandon being the GM, nor Sean McDermott, the head coach. Uh, and they're both pretty young uh, by, you know, standards of those positions. So uh, there's a lot of hope that you have to, be attaching to, you know, the Bills could be a wild-card contender. But then again, uh, as I was talking to Kyle Williams the other day, the, the veteran uh, 12-year defensive tackle, who has been through more 3 4, four three switchovers than maybe any player in NFL history, <laughs> literally. Uh, so I asked him about, you know, you guys on the defensive line, and I'm talking about Jerry Hughes, the end, Marcel Darius, if he can get his act together, and, both, and, and Kyle Williams. That threesome with Mario Williams under uh, Jim Schwartz's defensive coordinator year in 2014 they might have had the best defense in the league that year and those guys uh, up front uh, created all kinds of havoc well this is kind of what they're going to be doing now is they're going to be doing back to the 4-3 where those defenders play the best uh so if there is going to be a run at the playoffs for the bills i think it's going to have to come from their defense uh that won't just uh, be getting beaten up all the time if, the, if that front four can apply pressure it'll help protect that the secondary, uh, a young secondary, and maybe give them a chance. That would be how they do it. 
Right, and I, I agree. Because, yeah, Tyrod Taylor, we, we know what he is at this point, I think, John, right? He's a, a guy who's, who's not necessarily going to take too many risks, might not turn the ball over, but he's, his ceiling, it, it, it's capped. He's not going to be someone who's going to be able to put a team on his back. Well, I think we're going to see the same Tyrod Taylor that we have seen the past two seasons, which is this. If they can run the ball, he can be effective as a passer. He can be, especially downfield. He's one of the best, most accurate deep ball passers in the NFL. But if they cannot run it, Tyrod Taylor has shown conclusively, to my mind, that he cannot lead a team uh, strictly through the air. He can't. Even within games we saw that, the Oakland game, when the the Bills had a two-score lead in the third quarter, and then all of a sudden the running game stopped. Shady McCoy couldn't gain another ground, uh, a yard of ground to save his life. What happened? I don't think Taylor completed more than one pass the rest of the game. I mean, when he has to throw it, they're in big trouble. So... As long as the Bills can run it, that's always a telltale sign. If in the first quarter and a half, two quarters, it looks like the Bills can run it, then the Bills' offense can move it. In conversation with John Crick, okay, we talk Patriots, Bills. Let's go to Indianapolis for the Colts. Andrew Luck's health in question. The offensive line in the past has got him destroyed, some serious injuries. Uh, how is Andrew Luck looking? Because right now, I believe he's still in question for week one. Is that right? Uh, he is. There's just no timetable. Wow. He is not. He was in Jim Coles yesterday. Uh, coming off what was reported to be a partially torn labrum, shoulder muscle. Um, so he was just watching. Scott Tolzien, the former University of Wisconsin and Green Bay Packer, he's running the thing. And you know what? He's serviceable. He's one of those guys that, you know, coaches and GMs say, you know, you want a backup who, when they go in there, can win 50% of the games. I think Scott Tolzien is that kind of a quarterback. He's not dynamic. He's not going to wow you with anything he does, but he can be serviceable. Uh, but, of course, the Colts need more than that. Their roster doesn't uh, – it begs for a quarterback that can be dynamic because they just don't have all the parts yet, especially on defense. They have some new ones, but it'll, it'll take some time. So for the Colts to you know, get out of that 500 kind of doldrums they've been in the last two years, they're going to need Andrew Luck back. And hopefully by the, – for the Colts' sake, uh, hopefully by week one. Uh, they're not promising that he'll be ready by week one. All, all Luck is promising is that when he does come back to practice, he will be full go – and ready to lead the team uh, in games and in practices. It's not going to be some transition back. He's going to be ready to go, he says, once they give him the green light. And, John, unlike the, the Bills where, all right, you can lean on the run game, for the Colts, it seems like some teams just, just or always seem to be associated with or without something. The Colts I, I have, have been, for the last number of years, associated to me with not being able to get the running game right yet. Frank, okay, Frank Gore, 34 years old. Anyone, anyone yeah. buying that? He's going to be able to keep that go. Christine Michael, question mark. Robert Turbin, question mark. <laughs> Troy Main Pope, definitely a question mark. Like, you can't lean on the run. That's what's concerning to me for the Colts if they have to buy time before luck comes back. Well, that's it. I mean, what kind of running game was it? Robert Turbin looks like he weighs about 260 pounds. Remember him? He backed up uh, a beast boat in Seattle. Yeah. I'm not sure he's going to be any kind of great answer for them on the ground. He's pulling an Eddie Lacy. Well, all right. You know. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I think the Colts might surprise on defense. They have retooled things there a little bit, and they've been pretty dreadful, which is supposed to be Chuck Pagano, the head coach's specialty, um, with Malik Hooker ready to go, which was a good sign for them. He's a guy who had uh, hip and groin injuries uh, coming out of Ohio State, their first-round draft pick. Uh, he missed the entire spring, but he was ready to go yesterday at their first uh, practice at the open-lidded Lucas Oil Stadium. And uh, so he's out there for the first time with his teammates uh, at, at the pro level. So 
you got to expect it's going to take him a little while to get um, get his feet on the ground. And, John, last one for you here. You're also at uh, Cleveland Browns camp. Full disclosure, I am wearing a Browns golf shirt as we speak. So I do, yeah. have, I do have a rooting interest. Uh, quarterback, always a question there. Yeah. Um, you have Cody Kessler, poised but was 0-8 with concussions. Brock Osweiler, the $16 million, maybe third stringer. And then Deshaun Kaiser. All the tools are there, but had a lot of question marks coming out of Notre Dame. Right. To give a, a good roundup of how the quarterback situation is for the Browns, um, it um, it might not be much worse than the they've had since they uh, the franchise was reborn in 1999. Is that is that a very <laughs> uh, evasive way of explaining what I saw on Saturday? Oh, it means. It... Oh my gosh, Andy. Okay. <laughs> I'm giving away the toppers in my top ten observations at the end of this camp. But, okay. uh, uh Let's just say that for the quarterback position, uh, let's talk about the Browns' defense. Okay. In, the tackling, <laughs> in the tackling drills that they had, they went live tackling to the ground, which I'm not sure I've seen in six years of NFL training camp tour with Greg Williams, their, uh, their uh, new defensive coordinator, who was the guy in the bounty gate uh, thing yep. with New Orleans. He knows how to bring and field a vicious defense, and I was surprised to hear Hugh Jackson tell me afterward that uh, the team needed that. They need that. He said not just on defense, but all on all three phases: well, offense, defense, special teams. They need uh, they needed more toughness, and they needed that kind of coaching mentality. Let me tell you, they were popping hits at that practice on Saturday, like I have never seen uh, on an NFL training camp tour. Those those defenders were laying. Some thick lumber. Now they also could not stop the run. <laughs> On the first uh-huh. series, yeah, you know Isaiah Crawl was just ripping through them and ended up scoring a touchdown. They just couldn't stop the run. But they're gonna. There's gonna be a new type of an attitude on that defense. I think you'll see from the Browns, which is probably the most hopeful thing that I saw at Browns training camp. Again, you can read between the lines of what I'm not saying about the quarterback. <sighs> From well, it, it won't take much to double their win output from last year, so that's a plus at least, right? You, you're going to have a 100% increase pretty easy. Well, like I wrote the other day, the Browns in the last two seasons combined have won four games. Oh. The Patriots this calendar year already have won four games. Oh. Three in the playoffs and one to c- conclude last season, which happened to be on January 1st. So in 2017 calendar year, the Patriots already – before the season even starts, have more wins, as many wins as the Browns over the past two years. A grim look at things to come from Northeast Ohio. John, thank you. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Enjoy Bears camp. <laughs> All right, that is John Crick, Post Media NFL columnist. Guy's a wealth of knowledge. He's, he is tremendous. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at John Crick. That's K R Y K. He's making the tour, going to Bears camp. That Glennon-Trubisky storyline. My prediction is Mike Glennon is going to be able to take him through maybe six, seven weeks. And by halfway point of the season, if he stays healthy, Mitch Trubisky is going to have to be in there to be taken that high. That's going to be, uh, well, that's going to be one of the many fascinating storylines to follow. Okay, we're going to take the break. Back into some baseball. Blue Jays, Major League Baseball. What is going to happen on deadline day? The non-waiver trade deadline comes at 4 o'clock. Full coverage all day here on TSN 1050. You're listening to Toronto Today. Welcome back to Toronto Today on TSN 1050, TSN 1050.ca, and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara with you till 1 o'clock. 
full day MLB non-waiver trade deadline coverage. That's a mouthful. There, you, there's a waiver trade deadline in August. This is the real one, people. If anything's going to happen of note this season, it's going down today by 4 o'clock. Lots of Blue Jays talk and trade conversation still to come. At noon, Israel Fair, Toronto Blue Jays reporter from The Athletic Toronto, joins me. And remember, folks, it's so easy to get out of your car lease at Canada's number one lease takeover marketplace. That's LeaseBusters. Avoid penalties and early termination. Go to LeaseBusters.com. We've had some great tweets today at AndyMC81 and at TSN 1050 Radio when it comes to the, uh, to the Jays. From uh, our old buddy Toronto Baghead, say, put a gif of sell, sell, sell. Says it's crazy how different this conversation was exactly two years ago to the date. And isn't that the truth? Two years ago to this deadline, it was, it was bedlam, like in a good way. Alex Anthopoulos wheeling and dealing. And then the Jays went on those two great runs. And now we sit in their last in the AL East, 49 and 56, 5 and 5 in their last 10. Seven games out of the second wildcard spot with about seven teams to pass. What a difference a year or two makes. And then from uh, Mike at GF4 underscore 93 says, Night and day, that's how small the window was. And that's what you have to remember as a fan base, right? You can never take winning for granted. Because now it's done. Like, we don't know what they're going to do in the offseason, if it can come back, if it'll be a, a, another year off, and then it'll be back to winning. But for those of you old enough to remember the 93 World Series coming up back-to-back years, I was 11, 12 years old at the time. I'm thinking, man, good times forever, right? You had the Leafs in the conference championship. What a time to be alive. And then, boom, Blue Jays. You had the strike, and 20 years... Of irrelevance. Can happen like that. Can happen very easily. So that's... It might be over, folks. It might be over. Hopefully they can turn it around. You have from uh, on Twitter, at Dan Holdem. Says, I'll be extremely upset if the Blue Jays don't either extend or trade Donaldson. Everyone should be wishing for this today. So Dan's saying, either lock him up long term. Say, this is our guy. We're building around him. Or trade him and then signal the total blow-up. Because those are really the options, right? If you get rid of Josh Donaldson, you tell your fan base, done. 2018? Nope. Come watch the stars of the future. The rebuild. If you sign him long-term, then it's interesting. But still, you have so many holes. I ran over early in the show. Right field, giant question mark. Left field, far from solidified. Second base, what are you going to do? Shortstop, Tulowski's out with it. ligament damage. You got an expensive catcher in Russ Martin. You can vote in our Twitter poll question at TSN 1050 Radio, myself at AndyMC81. If Toronto made no deals today, if the Jays made no trades, what would your reaction be? Disappointed? Happy? Not surprised or confused? Not surprised leads the way at 48%. Disappointed at 36%. Now, in the MLB trade deadline preview show yesterday, I spoke with uh, Christopher Smith. He writes for MassLive.com. He's a beat reporter for the Red Sox. And I thought this was a different viewpoint because he gets to see David Price every day. It's not a, a national look. This guy is right around. He gets to see his facial expressions before and after he speaks. 
So, David Price, not happy in Boston. The fans aren't happy. He's not happy. Conspiracy talk. Is his elbow really inflamed? Will he opt out next year? What's going to happen? Well, Christopher Smith was, was saying that at this point, he doesn't think that the Red Sox, even if they wanted to trade David Price, could trade him. At this point, I don't think that they can do it. I mean, they have to, I mean, by the deadline here. They, yeah. It's depending on the offseason. They may try to move him in the offseason. Maybe, you know, you, you look at exchanging his contract with Justin Verlander. If Justin Verlander doesn't get traded at the deadline here, that's a possibility. Hmm. You know, there's, there's certain ways that you can maneuver one contract for another contract. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not pretty. His, his press conference, you know, it didn't go well. He finally uh, met with the media yesterday. And, you know, basically he didn't really show too much remorse for what he did to X. He just, you know, basically said X doesn't show up in the clubhouse. I want, you know, if he's going to say that kind of stuff, I want him to show his face and stuff like that. And so it's, it's just, he doesn't really get it. He just wants to be liked, I think, and, and he doesn't get it in that way. Wow. Uh, in conversation so with Christopher players, Smith. The, the players that succeed here in Boston are the players that really don't care if they're liked or not. And, you know, and, and, and they don't read what's going on. You know, Drew Pomeranz, for example, we, you know, we've written a ton of stuff on him over the first year with that, with that trade that was criticized and everything. And he's the type of personality that just doesn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't read it. He doesn't care. I've talked to him about that. I've said, I've already written stuff that you should go to the bullpen. And he goes, yeah, I don't, I don't care, you know? <laughs> so that's the David Price that needs to happen. And obviously I don't think so now because Pomerantz is pitching well. But, you know, when, when, he was, when he was pitching poorly, I said that to him. And so, you know, that's, that's what David Price needs to be. But, he, you know, he, he always had acceptance everywhere he was. And, and uh, he's just not getting it here in Boston. No, and it's – Boston is one of the most intense sports towns around. Your basketball horror stories when LeBron James come into town playing the Celtics. Like, they're nasty against the opposition. But also, if you don't perform, you're going to hear about it. So as Christopher Smith there said from MassLive.com, he covers the Red Sox daily, that you've got to block that out. You have to not care. And David Price clearly has a personality where he does care. Went, took the big dollars. Never going to begrudge him of that. You get what, what two hundred plus million dollars? Yeah, you give me two hundred million dollars, you can say whatever you want. But it bothers him. And then when things aren't going well, and whenever you start calling out media, oh, that's a, it's a bad look. It's a bad look, right? Like, all right, Eckersley, I'm not a fan, but come on, you can't be you can't be calling out members of the media for. Doing their job, they're they're paid to critique you, to say what they they think is going on to the fan base. So for David Price, uh, doesn't look like he's going anywhere. And for the Red Sox, that elbow inflammation, depending on what they can do, and that's a big reason I think why they went and solidified the bullpen and went and got Addison Reed from the Mets today. Because if you don't add another starter, if Price is out, who's he is, we all remember his playoff track record here in the city. Not good. So that might not be the, the worst thing for the Red Sox. But then you better solidify the bullpen, which it looks like they did, and maybe try to get somebody else, a long reliever, another back-of-the-rotation type of arm. 
got to have depth in the in in the bullpen. Saw that last year with Cleveland. A big reason why they were so successful. You can march out guy after guy who can just mow you down for an inning. We're going to chat with Israel Fair, Toronto Blue Jays reporter from the Athletic Toronto at the top of the hour. We'll get the Sound Wars a little bit later on too. And you can vote on our Twitter poll at AndyMCD1 at TSN1050. Keep those tweets coming, guys. Guys are bringing it. Some NFL ones, too, coming from Chelsea Darlington. Want some Eagles talk. Sorry, Chelsea. Yeah, John Cricket, those camps. That's the reason we focused on Patriots, Bills, Colts, and Browns. He was physically at those camps. But for the Eagles, I do think with Carson Wentz, second year, whew, guy showed out. Now is he going to have a sophomore regression? I think they're. I think Carson Wentz is built, and they, they've got the pieces around him to have a very good year number two. Does that mean the playoffs? I don't know if I go that far, but they're they're going in the right direction. So I'm positive about the the Eagles. And then Alex at AWIII75 says, "How about some Bucks talk?" Well, listen, my just from a fantasy football perspective, I'm picking up a lot of Bucks this year. Jameis Winston. With the weapons he has, Mike Evans, who's an absolute monster, drafted a, a stud tight end out of Alabama. These are going to be some big name, uh, some, some big playmakers on the Bucks. I think there's going to be um, a lot of sling it up, highlight real catches for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. O.J. Howard's the name I was looking for uh, for, for Tampa Bay. Like this is, this is going to be a fun team. But we'll get back into Jay's talk, MLB talk. We'll keep you up to date on any rumors. Looks like Sonny Gray and uh, Hugh Darvish will be sent off or dealt at the end of the day, according to um, uh, Ken Rosenthal. And I'm just looking here through some other tweets um, that Yankees look to be a front runner. Joel Sherman saying for Sonny Gray. And from Mark Fiensand says, Oakland willing to hold Gray and deal in the offseason, but you'd think they'll get more if he can pitch in three pennant races postseasons. Hmm. So any breaking news, we'll keep you up to there as I take you up to 1 o'clock. But more Jays talk. What will the Jays do, if anything, at the trade deadline and then on to the offseason? What is 2018 going to look like? Israel Fair, Toronto Blue Jays reporter from The Athletic Toronto, joins me next here in Toronto today.